Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome back to another episode of Friend of a Friend. It's your host, Olivia Perez. A few days ago, in the midst of New York Fashion Week, I got tagged in a reel on Instagram. I click it open, and it's Kokomoko with my face superimposed on the background, basically saying that Friend of a Friend is one of the top podcasts to listen to if you want to be a content creator. Not only was I absolutely flattered, thank you so much for doing that, Coco, but I immediately DM'd her and was like, come on the show right away. 48 hours later, I was in the studio and we were doing this episode. For those of you who are just meeting Coco, Coco has become one of the most popular TikTok personalities for accurately predicting pop culture trends and stars on the rise right before they blow up. From Kylie's new car series to Taylor Swift's grunge era, you heard it from Coco first. But her rise to popularity didn't just come overnight. Actually, she worked with the D'Amelios back in 2018, when I didn't even know what TikTok was, and has been dedicated to the pop culture hustle for years, posting content to her channels multiple times a day and honing in on her niche. So in today's episode, Coco and I talk all about how she got into being a pop culture psychic, the secret to her success on TikTok, and the trends that she's predicting will come out of New York Fashion Week. I hope you guys love today's episode. If you haven't followed the show yet, find us wherever you listen to your podcasts and make sure you follow us, rate, and leave a review. Thanks for tuning in and have an incredible week ahead, everybody. Here's my friend, Kokomoko. Hey, Coco. Hello. Thank you for having me. This is so much fun because <laughs> I literally, do you want to know the weirdest thing? And I didn't tell you this the other day when <laughs> I saw your post. My producer is a really big fan of yours. And we kind of had like, we have this like running chat of people that like are people of interest that like we're interested <laughs> in bringing on the show. And it was so strange. She sent me your name literally on Saturday. <gasps> and two days later, you post this really sweet video of the show. And mm-hmm. I literally texted my producer and I was like, is this witchcraft? Like, did you tell her? <laughs> So it was so sweet and it was so kismet. And I had to have you on the show immediately, obviously, because that's just like my personality. I'm like, okay, let's do it now. So I, first of all, so appreciate the support of the show and the fact that you shared it on TikTok was the sweetest thing ever. But I'm so excited also to just have you on and get to know you and hear all the things that you're predicting. Of course, that's actually so funny too, because your face was even like the thumbnail. Because I have this thing where I love using like thumbnails that have a different colored background than like white right and yours blue and I was like binging your podcast I'm like okay I'm gonna have hers is the first one so that's so funny so sweet when I saw it I was like oh god someone's either shitting on me or this is good <gasps> oh my yeah I can't I can't open my mentions and stuff because like even if it's positive I just get a stomach ache so oh I mean yeah, I get it. but it's really fun to watch 
your evolution happen so quickly and this awesome growth. So I'm so happy for you and like so excited to chat and get to know you today. Yes. Thank you so much. I'm glad I'm in good company too. Like I always hear the people on your podcast and I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I get to be in this roster as well. Oh, I'm so happy to hear it. There's something that I love that you do and you're going to have to do it for us. (laughs) All of your videos are to me so journalistic. Like you jump in there on a topic and you're like, I'm Kokomoko and, and you're going to have to do it for us on the show. So for those of you who are just meeting Kokomoko, here's Kokomoko. Hi, I'm Kokomoko. I work in media and I've made a career off of accurately predicting trends and rising stars. Absolutely. But a tagline. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love a good tagline. So I was like, you have to do it for every video. It's so great. And I love that you like introduce it. I think it's the cutest thing ever. Thank you. Yeah, I kind of have this theory that like people through the audio on TikTok, they almost get like hypnotized. Like when you see something repetitive. Completely agree with that. Something that you're fascinated by. And then, so I just started saying it. It's like love or hate, but most people do love it. So I like doing it. I mean, as someone who comes from a journalistic background, it's giving like major TV radio vibes and I love it. But I totally agree with you. I do think if you are someone who is building something with consistency in a series, you're trying to become known for something, like having that super defining moment that is true to you, only you can do within your content is, I think, how a lot of people, like how a lot of people kind of blow up in content. Like, if you have yeah. that one thing it's and it's yours, like, and people identify you for that, that's where it's at. Yes, totally. And I was also like, so many people make these kind of trend predictions and whatnot. And I'm like, but I, ha- I have to tell people like why they should listen to me. Like, why right. would my opinion be any different? And I was like, I'll just talk about like my background in one sentence. And I agree. It's very like, you know, I always say the nicher you go, the quicker you grow. And I Mm. feel like people think they have to do something new every single time. But I'm like, if you just really stick to what you're good at, just trust that you're creative enough that you'll find new ways to do it. Wow. The nicher you go, the quicker you grow is incredible. (laughs) Thank you. As I mentioned, when we first started, you blew up on TikTok originally for tarot card reading. You became really well known for that. But the past Mm -hmm. month has been huge for you in becoming widely known as someone who is predicting trends, whether it's beauty, fashion, or stars who are about to blow up. And it's really fascinating to watch. (laughs) I, as I mentioned, I'm just discovering you and I'm like just falling in love with you. So I want to know a little bit about your background and what you were doing before this. Yeah, so it's pretty, it's it's been a wild month. I feel like my life has changed overnight. But I originally, I guess like on the professional side, I started kind of in the TikTok realm I don't always like to be known as like a TikTok expert because I'm like platforms come and go. Right. I always think I'm just the person who's going to try something new first and it's probably going to fail, but I'll figure it out. I actually wanted to be a journalist. Like you had said, you have a journalism background. I wanted to be a journalist so bad. I even read the biographies of like Katie Couric and Diane Sawyer. And I was so convinced and I went to college convinced I was going to be a journalist. And then my junior year, they actually kicked me out because I really struggle with like reading and writing. And I think sometimes people will be like, oh, you said a word weird, but I, I, it's something that I struggled with. So then I wasn't able to be a journalist and I was devastated. And then I was like, okay, well, what am I going to do? And I saw marketing was kind of similar. So I was like, okay, I guess I'll try marketing. And it ended up, I loved it even more than journalism. I think journalism is such a hard job. Like I respect them so much and I just couldn't do it. It's so hard. So I really leaned into marketing. And when I graduated college, I was actually working in a hair salon part-time, like minimum wage. I was couch surfing at my parents. And then it was so weird. This sounds so woo-woo. And 
I, I, I just had like a dream one night and they're like, okay, so quit your job when you wake up. And I'm like, no way. They're like, no, quit your job. So I woke up and I told my boss, I was like, I think I'm going to probably be done in about two weeks. I'm going to see what happens. And around that same time, I went on Craigslist and at like 5 p.m., I saw something come up that was like, we're looking for someone to do marketing, but we can't tell you the company name. It sounds so like sketchy, but me just, I was like 22, maybe frontal lobes in the brain, not developed. So like my reasoning skills, I was just not seeing more than 24 hours ahead of me. So I was like, oh, I'll definitely do this. So I applied and they got back to me for an interview. And when I finally went up for the interview, they emailed me and were like, by the way, here's the address and it's famous birthdays, which I don't know. If I'm you've dying. Ever I know what famous birthdays is. Oh my God. The hot pink. Like, I know people say it's so cringe. They message like, me every year saying, hey, we just want to make sure your birthday's updated. And I was like, guys, oh my, my birthday has not changed, but thank you yeah, so much for like, keeping a record. Yeah. You're like, let me update with the new birthday. So I walked in and it was just like hot pink everywhere. And they were basically just like, yeah, we need someone to run the kind of like musically, which at that point it had then be musically had changed to TikTok. If they just rebranded, it was the same app. So they had someone who was already doing Instagram and YouTube and Twitter. And I thought it was going to tank my chances at a marketing career because I'm like, no one's going to take me seriously if I have TikTok on my resume. But when I was there, I we were really the only company that was like really working with these like YouTubers and Gen Z celebrities. No one else was really seeing them as serious that they were going to be anything famous. And I remember I realized that I had a good gut instinct because they would let me invite people in that I would see on my feed. And I remember like there was this one girl that I saw, she had 50,000 followers. And I was like, I just feel like she's going to be big. Emailed her, her dad responded, we're coming to LA next week. And it was Charlie D'Amelio. And we actually were her first interview and we thought that the algorithm was broken because we're like, why are these like videos blowing up? I don't understand. Wait, wait, hold on. I have to, I have to rewind and ask a question. Yeah, (laughs) Famous birthdays is also a media platform because I always just like, I've seen it as like, hey, it's this person's birthday. Just a website. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think they're not doing it as much anymore since like they aren't going into office. But when I was there, it was from, I believe, 2018 to 2020. And we had like a YouTube, uh, TikTok, Instagram. Yeah. And it was very like so many Gen Z kids who at the time were in like middle school were following us. And I mean, it was pretty wild. Like we actually had to move locations into a more secure building because there were just like preteens that would show up waiting to see what TikToker was coming in that day to get photos and stuff. And so- Wow, this feels like like a a famous birthday's deep cup. Of the industry. I know, like, right? Yeah. Who knew? Like, yes. The nicher you go, the quicker you grow. Like we really were the only ones focusing on these TikTokers. So, and I was also just learning so much. Like when people were coming in, like the D'Amelios, they came in a couple times and I was just trying to like learn so much from them. I'm like, what are they doing that? Like, how are they growing this fast and stuff? And then we were filming some videos with kind of that generation of kids that blew up in 2020. And I remember there was, this was kind of when things changed and I got my job I'm at now. But, and then from there was when around that time I had applied to work at where I'm at now, BuzzFeed, just to be an intern. And I got rejected from that. But then they reached out a couple of weeks later and were like, hey, do you actually want to come run our TikTok? There um, you so go. I, yeah. Niche. Because of the, it's your niche. Right. Yeah. And so from there, I've been at BuzzFeed for a while, just running a lot of their TikTok strategy and stuff. And it's been fun. But I made a TikTok because I love 
tarot. It was just something fun. And that kind of blew up and I didn't really understand why. It just went big. And I was I think about, people like, love seven, astrology too. Like yeah. anything in that realm, I feel like always does well on Instagram or social media in general. Yeah, totally. I always say it's like if you can hold up a mirror to the audience and make the content about them, sometimes it's better because it's not about me, me, me. Right. But if you can make content where they feel like they're looking in a mirror, that blew up. I never really understood why, but it became really oversaturated. Like it's kind of a dime a dozen now. And I wanted to do something different. So about a month ago, maybe less than a month ago, I remember I was waiting for a meeting to start and I was like, I feel like the Tumblr look is coming back. So I just made a video and then it blew up. And then since then, it's like been just, it's been like every day, I feel like something's changed and there's a lot of opportunities. Luckily, I I always thought people wouldn't care about this stuff, like marketing and media. I thought it'd be like an accountant talking about math, but I guess I was wrong. People did kind of find it interesting. We'll be right back after a quick break. Over the past few years, I have gone through such an intense hair journey. When I was in college and I was starting my career, I really felt the pressure to always look perfectly put together. That meant getting my hair done and makeup done all the time. With that came heat tools, products, styling, and my hair just couldn't keep up with it. I noticed so much thinning and so much breakage that it got to a point where I was so deeply insecure about the way my hair looked. I hated that you could see so many gaps in it or that it wasn't thick and luscious like so many other people's. And so what did I do? My 20-something-year-old self went and got extensions, a whole other chapter of a mess. The extensions made my hair thin even more and the insecurities just got even worse. After having those for a few months, I was at rock bottom with my hair. I ended up getting them taken out, having the thinnest hair of my life, but eventually getting the courage to just have my hair be where it's at and start from square one on how to get it to a point that felt healthy again. Turns out I'm not the only one who has gone through this. If you're going through this, I feel for you. And luckily, Nutrafol does too. Nutrafol wants all women to know hair thinning is normal and you're not alone. The popular hair growth supplement brand is on a mission to normalize female hair issues and has created a space for us to connect, talk, and destigmatize female hair issues together. So let's talk about it. Sharing your hair story could not just help you, but also help another woman. Join the conversation at shedthesilence.com. That's shedthesilence.com. If you're considering a career in tech, I highly recommend checking out Sabio. It's a coding bootcamp and developer community that's been training successful software engineers since 2013. There's actually a huge need for software engineers in today's job market. And women are still widely underrepresented in the tech industry, so it's a very exciting time for women to pursue opportunities in this field. Sabio does more than teach you how to code. It's a boot camp that helps you gain real-life experience, and finding a job is built into the program, which I think is so amazing because they don't just leave you out there in the world. They really set you up with the tools to succeed. I can see why they've been voted Best Coding Bootcamp by Course Report five years in a row. After a few months, you'll graduate with the knowledge and confidence to start a real high-paying tech job. Their bootcamp is taught remotely, so you can learn from anywhere, plus Sabio is extremely affordable. They even offer a women in tech scholarship with a $5,500 off the total cost of tuition. Their alumni are working at some of the most interesting companies around, like Google, Amazon, Microsoft, Activision. The list truly goes on. Sabio has set so many women up for success in tech, and I truly love that Sabio is a female-owned and operated company. They really support bringing more women into this industry, and so many of their students say that Sabio truly changed their lives. And Sabio can change yours too. Visit my special URL, sabio.la backslash friend, 
to learn how you can qualify for the $5,500 Women in Tech Scholarship. That's sabio.la slash friend. S-A-B-I-O dot L-A slash friend. Don't wait. Go to sabio.la backslash friend today to learn more. Now let's get back to the show. I think that people care now more than ever because of the fact that social media has like lifted this veil on what these industries are really like. I remember being younger and wanting to be in fashion and it seemed so elusive. Like getting into that industry seemed like I had to like break down a brick wall. And you would watch things like Seven Days Out or movies like The Devil Wears Prada. And it would give you this like glimpse into the fashion industry. But today, I think with social media, I don't think that there's like a veil at all. Like I think people see so much more than they've ever seen. They're seeing every single inch of Fashion Week even. There's not a lot of mystery to fashion anymore. And I don't think it's an exclusive industry. To begin with, I think that's a great thing because I think it's just giving so much more opportunity to people. But I also think it's sparking interest in just what's going on in this industry because I think having been in fashion for so long, pop culture and fashion are two in the same. I actually think that fashion influences like pop culture and celebrity and entertainment more than anything. Like what we're seeing on the runway is what Lil Nas X will wear to the Grammys and it will be this huge moment and then it will be on our social media for so long. Like I think that people are just so curious about it now. So if you they can find someone who's an insider like you that is giving number one priority smart content, but also from an insider perspective, like it's going to be a win-win. Totally. I'm sure so many people have asked you this. In your mind, what was the first thing you got right? What was the first prediction that people were like, oh shit, she was right. Honestly, I was really surprised that my Tumblr one really even made any ground because I I thought it happened. I felt like Tumblr had happened too recently right. for it to really be too relevant. To come back again, right. Especially because we just went through this whole phase of summer of like very clean beauty and like slick back yeah, hair yes. and like that I feel like still is resonating. Yeah, so many celebrities putting out skincare lines. And then I actually... Right after that video, there was something I said in one of them where I was like, Tumblr's coming back in full force. And I was just getting tagged in so many videos where people were stitching it. And then they would like be showing their Arctic Monkey albums or something and like their Tumblr outfit. So that was something where I was like, oh, this is... And I had had a couple people were writing articles. They had, they called it marinated makeup. I I thought that was kind of funny. I never used the term marinated makeup, but it makes sense because I was like, you want it to look like you slept in your makeup. Honestly, Um, phenomenal phrase. I didn't get it at first. And then you just described it. And I was like, oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So it's like like, eyeliner that's been on for like three days too long. Yes. It's like crock pot eyeshadow. Like it's just (laughs) something that took a while to look. And I think it also kind of is also an extension of the clean girl makeup look as well because I always thought like Tumblr was my I loved Tumblr and so when I look back on it it was a lot of people doing makeup one because they didn't have there wasn't as much access to good makeup back then or tutorials it was right before the rise of that YouTube I call them muahs everyone in my comments saying MUAs but muahs that's what I say and the people weren't wearing a ton of foundation. Like it was really almost this clean face and then just messy eyes. So I feel like it was still an extension of the clean girl makeup. But then another thing recently that happened that was a little trippy was I made a video about a week ago because people were talking about how Kylie had filmed a video in her car, Kylie Jenner. And they were like kind of hating on it, I guess. And then I kind of made a video being like, I mean, she's filmed in her car since Snapchat, but I think more celebrities are going to lean into 
car videos to promote products because it feels more real than like a studio with lighting and stuff. And so I think it's just going to become even more common. And then yesterday people started tagging me because she put out a TikTok where she's like, I'm making a new series called Kylie in the car where she was reviewing products. And people were like, oh my God. Yeah. And I was like, I don't really even know that I, I called it or people were like, she needs to give me credit. I'm like, I did not influence it. She was probably going to do it eventually. I think I just connected the dots right before it happened. Like I saw the writing on the wall. Okay. Let's talk about that a little bit because (laughs) I think that feel that obviously to me feels like intuition, but I it's also so interesting now knowing your background of famous birthdays and you know yeah. for me like I didn't know about TikTok till twenty twenty like I yeah. think one you have an intuition but you also have a knack for identifying talent when you see it or like identifying something special when you see it so like what is that do you think you could describe like what that spark moment feels like if you could put it into words. Yeah. And this is like another video that I've gained some traction, but I think again, it was kind of woo woo. So I want to more describe it in like something that's tangible and like makes sense in business. But like the woo woo version of it is sometimes I would see people and they almost just felt like they had like, I don't know if it's colorful, but they almost, their energy was just like bigger than others. And like, I don't think that I can necessarily see auras. I think that I would always describe it like when we were in the office, if someone came in that was genuinely also like going to be successful because we saw a lot of people as well who they were kind of grasping at straws and like they were usually the ones who were meaner. They had to put people down and have a huge entourage. And I always said like the really successful people are the ones that they almost had this like they looked more colorful than everyone else. Like I didn't know how it's like your eyes were drawn to them, even if they were wearing all black. Yeah. They just commanded energetically colorful. Yeah. 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 I totally understand that. Yeah. Yeah. They, they just have this energy, but I think in terms of like, when I'm looking for people on TikTok, one, someone's going to be big. If you can describe what they're doing in like one sentence, because it's word of mouth. And if someone is a tap dancer and a singer, and they also zip line and they also fly a plane, like you can't really understand what that is. If you're describing it to a friend, But if someone, you know, gets big because like there's this pug that got big because they would see if it was a bones day or not. And if he stood up, it was this weird TikTok trend. But like something that people can describe in one sentence is usually someone who's going to be pretty big. Like I always say when when I was at Famous Birthdays and we were working with the D'Amelios, Charlie filmed the Renegade dance like every single day for almost a year. Like she did the same dance over and over just in different outfits. She wasn't trying to reinvent the wheel every day. Right. So I think it's someone who is doing something that's predictable enough that people enjoy it, but they're creative enough that it's not going to be a dead end in a week when people get sick of it. Sometimes there are people that can like see you so clearly, way clearer than you can see yourself. And I feel like that's what you're easy to identify. You're able to like see something, distill it down to one sentence and be like, that's how they're working. That's not. And I'll tell you how to make it better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I call it a bird's eye view. And that's kind of what they have me do at my current like nine to five is I'm not the one who's necessarily running a ton of accounts on the day to day, but right. I'm the one who's like, hey, make this turn, do this differently. Yeah. I'm curious to hear a little bit about beauty trends a bit more because I'm here in New York. We're in the middle of the fashion, of fashion week and yes. it's just like trend central right now. And there's something that you say often, which I totally agree with, which is that culture swings like a pendulum. Things just go back and forth. One year we have clean beauty. Maybe one year we have grunge aesthetics. I remember one year on the fashion runways. I can't remember when it was, what season it was. 
But it was like dark eyeliner, smudgy for like literally every show. Big hair, <laughs> kind of punk rock vibes. And you just saw it everywhere. And then this season, I feel like I have only seen really clean beauty, slick black hair, nothing over the top in terms of beauty. So I would love to hear kind of where you feel like we're at with that. Like, do you think Tumblr aesthetics are going to exist only online or do you think we're really going to see them in real life? Yeah, I think that even there was a few runways where I saw a little bit of makeup where I was like, I feel like it's maybe starting to come back. But I think in terms of beauty trends for me that I think is getting big. And I also feel like the most iconic people in fashion and and celebrities are the ones that can take a beauty trend that's big at the time, but still make it timeless right. to where it's not like you look back in 10 years and you're like, well, that was so embarrassing. I can't believe I wore my outfit like that. But right. um, something that I feel like is happening right now, and I'd made a video on this, but then I didn't realize what it was kind of foreshadowing. I think there's more like androgynous looks that are happening where Absolutely. men are wearing makeup more. Yeah. And like, also, women are feeling like they don't have to always be a certain way. And I know a lot of that I do credit to Alicia Keys way back made the whole like no makeup, no makeup on a red vibe, carpet. Yeah. But yeah. And I made a video about how I think that like people will say, oh, well, men's makeup is already a thing. But I always think like to me, something is not mainstream unless someone in you know, the middle of America can walk into a Target and like find it totally. and not, you know, not everyone has access to boutiques and certain online stores. So I feel like androgynous makeup is coming. But also I didn't realize that on the other end of that, there's now more celebrities like Dixie, D'Amelio and Doja where they shaved their heads. Yes. And like, they're also kind of leaning into not having to be hyper feminine to be, you know, like, I feel like people put a lot of pressure on female celebrities that they have to be hyper feminine. And I think we're seeing kind of a rebellion against that. And so it's kind of going both ways in that I think there's more makeup that's going to become accessible for men where it's more androgynous. And I mean, of course, men can just pick up makeup if they want. But like, I think that branding and everything is important because some people might be ostracized if they're with their baseball friends and they walk into a Sephora. Right. But, and then also just for, yeah, for women not having to also be hyper feminine. Right. And I think we see that with the shaved heads. When I started working with the D'Amelios, it was when Charlie was blowing up. And then shortly after that, Dixie began blowing up as well. And I think that she was really overshadowed because people would always say she's just famous because she's Charlie's sister, even though from what I know behind the scenes, I think she was one of the hardest workers to come out of that kind of generation of TikTokers. She launched a YouTube show. She was putting out music. Like she was really trying to make something from this opportunity and it didn't matter. Like she could win a Nobel Peace Prize and people would still say she's Charlie's sister. just Charlie's sister. Yeah. We'll be right back after a quick break. Steve Madden, your favorite footwear brand for over 30 years, has just launched apparel. The full collection is available to shop on stevemadden.com and everything retails under $140. Such a steal. There are so many amazing trends that I'm seeing in this collection like patchwork denim, bra corsets, micro minis, mesh and satin. Steve Madden will keep you ahead of the game and on trend all fall long. 
I will never forget the first time I stepped into a Steve Madden when I was a teenager in high school, getting ready with my friends for one of my first nights out. Steve Madden was our go-to and still is for the perfect shoe and perfect outfit now to keep us ready and always looking good. Featuring a variety of snapshots and glimpses behind the curtain, the Madden team have documented this journey as an invitation for you to share how you wear your Steve Maddens. After all, each night out is an occasion to redefine yourself, and there is no better way to do that than decked out in Steve Madden from head to toe. Fall is all about to the knee boots and skin-tight booties. However, in true Steve Madden fashion, they had to take the Western trend up a notch by incorporating vibrant props of color alongside glitter and studs. The brand's trademark platforms and Mary Janes are also not to be forgotten, taking on new heights in both dresses and casual categories. This season, Steve Madden is getting ready and going out. We're taking whoever wants to go and whoever's game for a good time. Wear Steve Madden out, wear it loud, wear it with everything, and wear it head to toe. Show us how you wear Steve Madden, hashtag SMFall22. And use code FRIEND20 at checkout for 20% off your first purchase. Visit www.stevemadden.com and use code FRIEND20 for 20% off your first purchase. The promo code excludes pre-order items. I've been in New York City for about a week now. Back-to-back shows, meetings, interviews, podcasts, photo shoots, which means I am totally out of my routine, especially my water drinking routine. While I'm traveling, I know that drinking water is so important. It helps me acclimate. It helps me function properly. And not drinking enough water actually leads to so many annoying symptoms like loss of concentration, headaches, dizziness, and so much more, which I just cannot afford right now. Which is why WaterDrop has the perfect solution that encourages you to drink more water, but in a sustainable way. WaterDrop is a small and convenient effervescent cube that adds flavor, vitamins, and even caffeine to your water. It's so easy to use on the go, which is why I love taking it on trips like this. With a wide range of flavors from berry to fruity, citrus to herbal, drinking water has become so fun and easy. I'm actually really loving the vibe flavor right now. It's refreshing with golden berry, rosemary, and peppermint. But if you're not sure, you can get the value set with all the flavors. I love that sustainability is at the core of their mission too, especially while I'm traveling. Their packaging uses 98% less plastic and CO2 emissions than pre-bottled beverages. And they collaborate with the international organization Plastic Bank to have plastic bottles collected from the environment. Their micro drinks use 98% less plastic than plastic bottles and are completely recyclable too. To reduce single-use plastic bottles, they also offer gorgeous glass and steel bottles in lots of beautiful designs. Whether I'm working from home or the office, in the car or at the gym, WaterDrop is honestly so easy to use. Just drop one of the micro drink cubes into your bottle, wait a few seconds, and bam, you have a delicious drink that keeps you hydrated. Try WaterDrop and enjoy the benefits of drinking more water. Head to the WaterDrop website and get a special 15% discount for listeners of the podcast. You can browse their large collection of micro drinks, glass and steel bottles, crafts, glasses, and more. And use code FRIEND at checkout for 15% off. Now let's get back to the show. I do think you're totally right on moving away from like this hyper feminine aesthetic. Even Fashion Week, the Dion Lee show, which is always very androgynous, but it's amazing four seasons ago when I came to the city, that show was a little bit smaller to see it just have a way wider appeal this season. Like, Everybody I knew was posting about Dion Lee. Mega influencers to smaller micro influencers in the city to celebrities that I followed were really gravitating towards it. And I don't think a lot of people would have posted that when I went four seasons ago. For those of you who don't know Dion Lee, it's a super androgynous, incredible fashion designer based in New York. He's Australian, probably one of my all-time favorite brands ever. It's just super cool, like layering and corseting and cutouts. And he's such an amazing designer because he literally designs with like an androgynous body in mind. But it was, I think you're totally right because the amount of love that it got this year, I do think it's part of the collective consciousness that we are looking for something 
that isn't just so like pretty and, you know, flowery. Yes. I think we're looking for something that that feels really different. Yes. I even, I haven't made a video like this one yet. So sneak peek, no, but I actually have kind of like a prediction where I think eventually, because I always think about it is like things can be trendy, but it's not mainstream until it's accessible to everyone. I could see even stores like Target eventually not having a men's and women's clothing section. Right. And just having like a clothing section in general. And then some of the labels or sizing will cater to different bodies. But I always think like, you know, not everyone is privileged enough to live in a city that's really accepting. And they can't always walk into Target with their mom and go to the men's section or go to the women's section. So I I could see eventually, even with like what you were saying, and I I saw that went all over my TikTok as well. Um, And there's actually a big TikToker in the show. But I could see eventually mainstream stores having more of an androgynous clothing section as well. As someone in media who probably is paying attention to everything that's going on during Fashion Week, what has kind of caught your attention besides the androgynous bit? Yes, something that I'm really fascinated by that I think I saw kind of reflected in some of the clothing that's coming out. I know with the Tommy Hilfiger show, and then I also know like Gigi Hadid's guest in residence line as well. But I think that right now, more so from a pop culture perspective, and I know they influence each other, I think audiences are really, really longing for in this, I promise I'll tie it up with a bone. It makes sense in a few sentences. So buckle up. I think audiences are longing for movie franchises again, like Harry Potter. And like, that's not really a thing as much. Like besides Marvel, people aren't going to um, the movies anymore and like camping out like they would for Harry Potter and stuff. And you have, in a lot of that is because of the streaming. You have people like streaming Stranger Things but there's no way to really identify yourself with the outside world when you're watching something in your bedroom. And so I think we're seeing the rise of people now doing that through clothing. I think there's hopefully going to be a resurgence of like really good movie franchises again, where people are going to the movies. But the reason I say that is because I think we're starting to see clothing that to me is reminiscent of like something like Hogwarts. And I, I don't mean to make it cliche or like water any of their work down. To me, it was very like, reminiscent of this longing that people had for a certain era, which was kind of that early 2010s. And also even with the rise of Tumblr grunge, to me, it's reflective of when Twilight was really big. And I feel like people are starting to have this. And I think I saw it reflected in Fashion Week where it's now like the clothing isn't just you're being independent, wearing whatever, but like clothing is now being a way to identify with a group. You know, I'm a fan of this thing or, you know, I see myself within a subgroup. And I think that clothing will some sometimes reflect that. So I don't mean to water it down, but I just think I saw a lot of like, to me, foreshadows of people wanting to identify again with kind of like franchises and movies. And we haven't seen that in forever because people don't get to really show how excited they are about things anymore because you stream it from your bedroom. I'm smiling really big and have been during your entire thesis just now because this is something that I think in fashion as a whole is something that I'm really excited to see more of. And I totally agree with you. We don't have Harry, no Harry Potter, no Twilight, Hunger Games, all of that <laughs> stuff, which like I was very much a part of the era of lining up to see those movies. And I yes. completely agree that I think p- people in the fashion community are looking for ways to belong or show some sort yeah. of loyalty to something without mm-hmm. having to wear a logo. And yes, we okay. just came out of Logomania, which... I personally hate it because I actually think that it 
spurred an era where we lost a lot of personal style. People would show like yes. their affiliation for like a brand or quote unquote a movie or something like that by wearing something with a ton of logos all over it. I mean, we can even, I mean, <laughs> even movies, like they make merch and you wear like all of that. And to me during Logomania, like there were just so many moments where I was like, wait, do you actually have style or are you just wearing a bunch of logos on you? And I, I, I totally agree with what you're saying because I think they're kind of the same. It's like with Logomania and not having movies that we like love and being able to like kind of come together around one thing. That's something that I'm excited to see in fashion is like, how do people show their loyalty through things to things through their personal style yeah. without having to absolutely assimilate into one image? Yes, without people want to be a part of a subgroup and they're now identifying through brands and stuff and right. like it being also kind of like a, if you know, you know. Right. Like the people that I'm trying to impress will know exactly what I'm wearing. And yeah, I think I think in a way fashion is now pacifying people's need to be a part of something bigger than themselves. And yeah. I mean, it always has, but I think even more so it's like, it's almost like people are wearing uniforms now to show that they're a part of something. Yeah. It's interesting. I think nostalgia plays a big role in fashion. And I've talked about this in a few episodes lately of like how far that pendulum has been swinging. Like even, and in my opinion, the Fendi Mark Jacob show was amazing. I thought it was an incredible collaboration. The collection was so cool. The celebrities that came out for it, all the supermodels were there. And to me, that nostalgia feels really heartwarming and appropriate and on brand for the fashion industry. But I do think that there are some moments where nostalgia has just gone like way, way, way too far. And I feel like we haven't like been living in the present when it comes to it. Like even with some fashion moments, I'm just like, whoa, I feel like we're like reverting back to old things. And I'm someone who always like likes to see something new and fresh. So like I'm curious to see what the cultural pendulum will be on the other end of that when we're not relying so yes. heavily on nostalgia and we're tired of seeing these like iconic moments. Like I feel like ever since we saw Versace do the supermodel fashion show where all the supermodels came out and <laughs> had like the golden dress moment and like the, the yes. retake of it, I feel like it has been non-stop nostalgia moments. So I'm curious, and and I do, I, I agree with you, that happened kind of at the same time as pop culture kind of losing these like fan favorite cult movies. So I feel like it filled this void of like us wanting to be a part of something. And I'm so curious to see what comes next. I actually have no idea, but I love that we just kind of connected all these dots. I hope that we tied it in a nice bow for you guys. <laughs> yes, right. I love that your two examples in the beginning of this were Gigi and Tommy Hilfiger, because this is something that I have been thinking about this season. Tommy Hilfiger came back for the first time in two years pre-COVID. And it was actually the first show that he's done without a collaborator in a really long time. So last two seasons that he showed, he had Zendaya. Before that, he had four seasons with Gigi. And it was interesting to see him on his own for the first time. And something you and I were kind of DMing about was marketing moments, especially, especially New York Fashion Week. Like New York Fashion Week is when every celebrity and every brand love to come together and launch something. Like, if, you're, if there's been like a celebrity brand collab launch every single day this week, and you and I were chatting about what's really moving the needle, what's interesting, what's working, what's not, and would love to hear your take on what you think the most kind of successful brand celebrity moment is right now. I love that question. The only one that like, I'm this one I didn't even see the clothing. I just know in terms of virality, Kourtney Kardashian had this boohoo uh, runway that the lights went out. So I don't know. I'm thinking in terms of like what's gotten a lot that. of attention recently, but 
That's really funny. That happened. Tommy Hilfiger got rained on. A lot of natural occurrences yeah. this fashion week. Right. No, yeah. I really liked Tommy Hilfiger's. And I think because, I mean, he's really reminiscent. Like the, the clothing is really reminiscent to me of just like going to school in this kind of preppy East Coast style that, again, like that collective consciousness. This is the first year where college kids are actually going back to school. Right. And like high school kids are actually back in session. So I don't think it's a mistake that like, his collection was so popular online and people were talking about it. Anytime someone's ushering a new, in a new era, I always think that's really interesting. I just think it's so interesting. Coco, this was really fun. I love to like get inside your brain a little bit and kind of hear the bird's eye view. It was really, really fun. So thank you so much. Thank you. Have a great time at your show as well. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Friend of a Friend. Before you go, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and at tiermedia.com. And for more behind the scenes of the show, visit us at friendofafriend.us and follow me at Liv Perez on Instagram. Don't forget the two Vs. See you next week. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.